Amen. 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 Say thank you for the Lego piece, Pastor. You're welcome. People that are just visiting say, what's going on in this place? Why is Pastor going to play with blocks? It's a fun church. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. Everybody just have, everybody get your peace. Just hold on to that peace and. Here's the quote this morning. Father, we just submit to you right now, Lord God. We just ask you to have your way, Lord. We ask you to be glorified, God. Prepare our hearts to receive from you, to be touched by you, to move by you, to be changed and transformed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's the quote this morning. There is no situation so chaotic that God cannot, from that situation, create something that is surpassingly good. He did it at creation, he did it at the cross, and he's doing it today. Say amen. Amen. All right, all right. Last week I was telling you about a book... Amen. Last week I was telling you about a book that uh, I had just been kind of going through called The Lego Principle. Right? And we closed with the illustration of the Lego block and how each block was created for the sole purpose of connecting from the top and connecting from the bottom. And how it it was just such a, a perfect picture of who we're called to be. Amen. Following Jesus' two greatest commandments, love God and love one another. Love God and love people. And we talked about how the, the, the awesome just connection of this is how it doesn't matter what color, what age. It doesn't matter where or when the Lego piece was made, where it was made, what it's, where it came from, where it's been, what it's been through. When they come together, they fit perfectly. And the possibilities of when they come together are endless. How many of you have seen, uh, the, you know, they've made entire cities out of Legos. And they've made, right, and, and, and it's amazing. You know, I was going to build one for you, but I didn't, I didn't have time. <coughs> uh, you know, another time maybe. So then, so, so we were talking about that last week. And then if you were here, of course, you know, my wife came up at the end to just kind of, and she poured out her heart and everything that was broken came out. And, and I really believe there was some healing released last week and and I see it happening in her and I'm believing it for all of you amen and so last week we were talking about what else today I want to push it a little further and I'm going to ask you what now now that you know now that you know that you're not the only one that feels that way Now that you know that you're not the only one that's been going through things. Because I can't tell you how many people came up to her, came up to us and said, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was sitting here by myself and I was the only one that was depressed. I was the only one that was going through things. I was the only one that wasn't feeling what everybody else is feeling. And so now that you know that you're not alone, 
Now that you know that, that we need to come and connect and remain connected to get your breakthrough. Now that you know what now. Listen, sometimes the, the things we experience or go through sweep the legs out from under us and we have a hard time imagining how we'll ever stand again. Can somebody say amen? Sometimes we, 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 we get hit so hard we say, I don't know how I'll ever trust anybody again. I don't know how I'll ever love anybody again. I don't know how I'll ever risk again. And the tough part is that God allows these interruptions in our lives. Do I have your attention yet? We see it throughout the scriptures. Sometimes he allows it. Sometimes he actually orchestrates it. You hear all the Legos clicking. It's so great. I love that. And so if if those those people in the word experienced it, we also are going to experience it. Amen? We're not immune from it. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. Paul always had his plans interrupted, if you read through the scriptures. Paul, the the first interruption we read (coughs) for Paul actually transformed his life. We read about it in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, Paul had his, his plans. His plans were to serve God by pulling. A lot of times we talk about how bad Paul was, that he was, you know, doing wicked things. He was, he was dragging Christians out of their homes to have them uh, prosecuted and put in jail and sometimes killed. And we talk, but understand, in Paul's heart, he was doing what he thought God called him to do. He thought he was doing God's will as he, so he had his plans and he was going, he had just gotten a permit and a, and a license to go and literally knock on Christians' doors and, or back then they called them people of the way. And knock on their doors and drag them out and have them arrested and pray because he believed they weren't serving God the right way or they weren't even serving the right God. On his way to carry out these plans, when he was on the way to fulfill what he believed to be the will of God for his life, God interrupted him. How many of you know the story? Bright light hits him, knocks him off the horse. He had to be humbly led. This is a man that used to drag people out of their homes. You're talking about a cold, strong Man, he used to drag people out of their home. This man now, he's humbly blind. He can't see. He's scared. He's terrified. And he has to be led by the hand now to to the place where he was going. See, that tells us that sometimes God interrupts you to change the way you see things. And Paul, after he's on the floor, Paul said, who are you? Jesus said, it's me whom you've been persecuting. And Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? In other words, Paul said, what now? What now? And I'm waiting. I've been praying for some of you in here to be interrupted by God that way, to have an encounter with God where you ask, where, where you're asking you and you're saying, who are you? And God will say, it's me. It's Jesus, the one you've been ignoring. It's me. It's Jesus, the one you've been avoiding, the one you refuse to follow, the one. And, and, and you're going to have to say, what now, Lord? What do you want me to do? 
Paul encountered Jesus and his life was transformed. See, sometimes an interruption is an invitation for evaluation that leads to transformation. Can you can, you got to get that and memorize that because next time you're interrupted, I want you to say, whoa, wait a minute. I'm, 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 that crazy Cuban said, sometimes an interruption is an invitation for evaluation that can lead to my transformation. See, I love that even in that passage with Paul, after the interruption that separated him and left him broken, Jesus sent somebody to connect with him. If you remember the story, it's beautiful. Ananias was sent to meet him in his brokenness. God sent Ananias. He says, right now there's somebody praying. He saw you in a dream and I showed you him in a dream and I want you to go and talk to him. And and Ananias said, are you sure, man? That's Paul. I I heard about that guy. He kills people. He doesn't like people like us. He's against us. And and God says, don't worry about it. I'm going to show him how I'm going to use him. Go to him. And so Ananias goes and and Ananias went. Ananias 9.17, it says, Ananias went his way he entered the house and laying hands on him he said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit Paul was interrupted. He was broken. He lost his sight. Like some of us lose our vision. Somebody say amen, right? But, but, but Jesus sent someone to connect with him and then filled him with the Holy Spirit. What was that about? He connected him to man and then connected him to God. He legoed Paul. That's going to be a verb for us now. Some of us have never felt that connection before, and, and God brought you here to do just that. For some of us, we've been a part of some incredible things. We might have once been a part of another church, and we were doing amazing things and, and being used and th- until something or someone happened. Let's not talk about it. Some of you might have been a part of one time a team, man, that was doing amazing things until something or someone happened. You might have been a part of, of uh, even, even in your family or in a job or a relationship, and you had some beautiful memories. Some of you might have been a part of a marriage, have some beautiful children until something or someone happened. And life changed dramatically, and you were knocked off your horse, and you haven't been able to find your way again. I want you to see today the amazing thing about these building blocks is that even after they come apart, even after that thing has been disassembled, even after that church isn't together anymore, or at least you're not a part of it anymore, even if those family members have passed, even if that marriage has fallen apart, no matter what it's been through, the block is still connectable. Can you receive that today? I'm still connectable. People might say I'm broken. People might say I'm no good. People might say I'm useless. People might say I can't. I'll never. You might think I can't. I never. I'll never be. You're still connectable because you are actually designed to connect. Oh, man. Not only have you been designed to connect, not only are you still connectable, not only can you connect again, but (laughs) you can still become something part of something incredible. Amen? Thank you. Jesus said in John 15, remain in me. 
Remain in me. Remain in the vine. Stay connected. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He warned us. Listen, he said, my father is a vine dresser. That's what he does. He knows how to grow things. He knows how things need to grow. And sometimes he knows that for the health of the whole vine, things have to get cut away out of your life. Ay, eso duele. But he says it over and over again in the passage. Stay in me and I in you. Because if I'm in you and you're in me, if you remain connected, you will bear fruit. What does that mean? Something good will come from you if you stay in me, if you remain in me. Amen. And so I wanted to remind somebody today, you are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared in advance that you might walk in. Some of you are walking now and, and, and doing amazing things. Some of you are still sitting on the edge of your seats, and God is telling you today, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You know that no, nothing was created for nothing. You imagine, has anybody ever gotten famous for making something that does nothing? Well, maybe the Kardashians, but I mean, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother. Don't go there. Don't go there. We, nothing was created that serves no purpose. So you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. And together, the word says, Ephesians 2.22, we're being built up into a dwelling place. You see how God uses the building and the connecting language everywhere? We're being built up for a, 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 for a dwelling place for the Spirit of God, a habitation for God to dwell in. But, but family, isn't it easy to curse the interruptions? Isn't it easy sometimes to just curse the struggle, to curse the setbacks that we experience in our lives? And, and, and listen, we should rebuke the devourer and we should rebuke the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But sometimes without realizing it, we're praying against the very thing that God set in motion for you. Oh, no, be quiet. Okay. Amen, Pastor. Sometimes without realizing it, we're praying against the thing that God is doing in us. Because interruptions almost always seem like setbacks. And setbacks almost always feel like failure. I'm not talking to anybody today. And when we fail, we feel like God has let us down and he doesn't care and he's not listening. Listen, let me, let me talk to you about 2016 BT. That's before the tree. That's only TSF age dates. That were. And, and, and if you're new and you're visiting, we had a tree hit our building, shut us out the building for six months, just so you know. But a long story. Anyway, so 2016 BT, before the tree, we, we thought as a church we had it going on. We were a pretty cool church. We had some programs going on. We had lots of ministries happening. We had money in the bank. And aside from the mortgage, we had no debt. Amen. Small church in the Bronx, come on. And we had these big plans and big dreams for what we could do and what we should be doing. But how many of you understand knowing something and doing something produce different results? 
So we were dreaming about something and actually, you know, dreaming about it and actually going after it are two different things. Some of you are still stuck in the dreaming and not going yet. And, I, and today, you know, I want to I give you that, you know, that kick. What now? So, see, since we bought the building, we, we wanted to do this on the other side. You know, we had 5,000 square feet on the other side of this wall. And so we were saying, man, you know, before, if you hadn't been here, there used to be classrooms. That whole section was classrooms. There was no chairs. This whole section was classrooms and offices. It was just this was the church. And we thought, wow, this is a pretty big church. It's amazing. And, and we had this. And so, you know, we, we, we thought, but, but, but the truth of the matter is we were kind of burnt out. Amen, leaders? So, so we, were at, we were at a place where we were kind of tired because we were struggling in the things that had grown and, and so much more needed to be done, but only the same people were doing all the doing. Ouch. To make matters worse, because we had accomplished so much, because we'd seen so much, just so you know, this is, was our, uh, this is our fourth location. We kept moving because God kept growing. Amen. And, and, and it was in and and May. We started in our house and moved into another spot and another spot. We got grew that. We were worshiping in the bathroom. We didn't fit no more. And so we went to another spot, second floor on, 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 uh, on St. Lawrence, you know, on, on East Stream. And, and, and that grew out and we couldn't fit there anymore. And we're like, oh, man. And we kept taking steps of faith. And, and so, so we had already accomplished. We've seen so much. We've seen God do so much. But by this point, once you see a lot of good things that God is doing, once you, you feel like kind of you did it. And so, so we had gone to the point kind of where we were relying on God less and getting more comfortable in what we could handle. Can, I'm just being honest with you guys. Can I, can I just tell you the truth? I know that I'm letting you kind of behind the curtain. See, comfortable is the enemy of commitment. We had experienced miracles. You have to understand, like the history, we had experienced miracles that allow us to buy this warehouse. And, and now that we had an extra 5,000 square feet on the other side, we had big dreams. Man, we're going to do this. And so all we, but, and we had plans and we drew some things out and we were going to do this, we're going to do this. But all we did was save money and left our kids playing in the dust and the dirt next door for years. But we saved money. But our kids came home filthy because they're running around in that. Anybody remember? A warehouse that, that was never painted. We never dropped a bucket of paint next door because we're saving. We're stacking right now. You know, we got, we got big plans. We got big, but years are going by and we ain't doing nothing. The kids are still running around in the dirt. <clears throat> and I think I can speak for the entire team and say that if the tree hadn't interrupted us, we would have had a lot more money saved and a lot less done. That interruption was an invitation for evaluation that led to our transformation. Somebody say amen. So, so what happened? We, we had time. When, when God closes the doors on you, it gives you time to evaluate. So we were forced by the DOB, Department of Buildings, to change everything. We had to get contractors and construction teams. And, and that money that we had been saving, that we had, was completely spent in a matter of months. Side note, don't put your trust in what you have. <laughs> don't put your trust in saved, or if, if I save this much, I'm good. No, you're not good. You're not. Oh, yeah, no, but if I have it, you're not. 
Don't put your trust in where, where it doesn't belong. Put your trust in God, amen, where it belongs. So, so we, had, we had managed our finances well as a church, and I'm proud of that. That's something that's, that's good, you know. And, and we had over $150,000 in the bank. How many of you would be comfortable with? Like, yeah, chill. That's cool. 150K sitting in the bank. I can, I can get comfortable with that. Say amen. In the last year and a half since the tree, we spent over $350,000. Three, I mean, you know, if you, you don't have to be good at math <laughs> to know 150 felt safe. 350. Every time a, 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 a permit had to be pulled, it was $400. Every time you, you, I don't know if you know how this system works, but you have an inspector come and you pay him $1,000. And then you have a special inspector come to see that that inspector, is, I'm not lying. If you know the way the building works, this is how it works. The special inspector, that's the job I want. The special inspector, he gets paid 1500 to make sure that it was inspected correctly. I'm not lying. That, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands. It, it's scary, but three three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the transformation so far of this building. And understand that when the building was closed for uh, for months, we had to rent auditoriums in schools to meet. And probably one third of the church. I don't want you to feel guilty, but I want you to know that probably one third of the church was actively meeting and still supporting us. And. Uh, we still had to pay the mortgage of $10,000 a month on this place. How'd you like to carry that burden? FYI, listen, we don't talk a lot about finances and we don't, I'm not here to twist anybody's arm and there's no offering coming, so relax, take it easy. I'm not, I'm not going to take it, oh, now, so you know, I got a special offering, ushers come, no, relax, relax. But I like to tell, once or twice a year, I like to tell the body what it costs to run this place. Amen? Because you're a part. This is us. This is us. We, we family. So we have to be family in the whole thing. So just so you know, we pay $10,000 in a mortgage. This is a $1.7 million warehouse in the Bronx. We pay, pay ten k in a mortgage every month. Because of the size and because of what we do here, we pay $1,000 a month in insurance. Con Edison to heat and cool and try to light this place, another $1,000 a month. We pay four, start adding up. We pay $400 a month on copier and paper and office supplies. We spend $1,000 a quarter on toilet paper and cleaning supply. $1,000 a quarter. No one here takes a full salary. The church has graciously blessed me since the beginning with a housing allowance, but for the last six years or so, I've worked a full-time job because, like every other person on the team, because I don't want to be a burden to the church. Can I just take a moment to say thank you to those that support this body? Thank you. <laughs> because there's no way it would get done. So, so thank you. And listen, I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but if, if, you, if you don't support either because you can't or you just won't, because, you know, there's a lot of internet theologians and they're like, oh, well, you know, the tithe is the Old Testament. That's the law. We're not under the law. We're under Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay. Tell that to Con Ed when he comes to your, to your house. But, you know, that's fine. So, so for those that are not, you know, are not a part of that and you don't, would you, would you be grateful 
that somebody here is paid the way for you? Amen? And then, and then could you help us to take care of the place? Because somebody had to pay for those chairs. My mouth dropped when I had to order chairs and found out that they were like $39, $40 each. Count, count that. Count that. It, you get stressed out right away. Like 80. No, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Forget it, right? So, so during that time, the, the DOB was forcing us to take things down. We had to take the classrooms down. We had to tear the wall down, put new walls. We had to put double walls. We had to put thicker walls. We had to put extra walls. We had to double this and double that. And so they, were, they forced us to get permits, to, to, and we started. So, so we got the permits, and we used the same permits to tear down, and we started building up. But in the, in, in, when you're in the middle of transformation, it, it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it. You can't see the whole picture. Amen. When all you see is sheetrock dust, you, you say, man, this place is a mess. This will never, ever get done. And all the while, we knew that the security of having that money in the bank was now gone. And we had to get back to trusting God to make it each week, to continue to pay for the building, to continue to pay the workers that were working every week, to continue to buy materials. And so God brought us back to the place where we're trusting in him. And let me tell you, that's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. We were praying for months for God to open the building again. And it felt for a season like God's not listening. Anybody ever felt that here? Hear this, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I'm I'm speaking to you today more from what I've seen than from what I've read. You hearing me? I'm speaking to you more today from what I've seen than what I've read. I, I, I like messages to be totally scripture and, and let's examine the scripture and let's break it down. Sometimes we got to talk about what we've seen and what, because the word says in the end in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So I'm sharing with you the word of our testimony and we'll close today with communion to remember the blood of the lamb. Amen. When we feel that way, when we feel like God's not, when we're struggling to understand, it's on these times that we have to stay connected to one another. We have to rest in what we already know about him. We have to look at what he's already done and believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Family, let me hear this, please. He has not left you. He has not left you abandoned. His name says who he is. He's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present. He's here with you in your situation. He's El Roi, the God who sees. So he sees what you're going through. He sees what you're in the middle of. He's Jehovah Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. So he's working this thing out in you. Say amen. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So he's working it out in us. He's going to make a way. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's our peace in the midst of turmoil. He's our peace in the midst of the struggle. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Listen, when you feel like there's nothing good left in you, he's the good that's left in you. Yeah. 
Sometimes on the outside, it looks like there's no way, but he's the way maker. Sometimes it looks like he doesn't see the plan, but he is the plan. Sometimes we, we don't think he, he, can, he can see this thing through, but he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. Before you get there, he's already been there. So when these doors were closed and those gates were down and there was vacate stickers on the thing, when I, I bet the enemy thought he was winning. When we were crying like that, I bet the enemy thought he was winning. When he saw us meeting in smaller spaces, I bet the enemy thought he was winning. I bet he thought he was winning when we were crying and complaining on prayer nights on the phone because we didn't have a place to come together. He didn't know that by the time God opened these doors for us once again last Easter Sunday, the gates had been down, but we had been working on the inside. That's such a picture of God. Listen, don't don't miss this. Don't miss this. Sometimes on the outside, it looks like you've had a setback. Sometimes on the outside, we don't see things differently. Sometimes on the outside, it might look like we're not getting anywhere, but transformation starts on the inside. So what happened here, what God did in this building, he's doing in some of your lives. It's such a beautiful picture. God is such an illustrator. What God has done in this, because listen, this building is our church, but we are his church. Do do you get that? So what he's doing in this building is a picture of what he does in us. What he's done in this church is a picture of what he can do in his church. Amen. If we stay connected, if we remain in him, if we get serious about what he's serious about. Francis Chan in his book Crazy Love, he says, God's definition of what is pretty, God's definition of what matters is pretty straightforward. He measures our lives by how we love. Man, I I don't think you'll hear that in many churches. He measures his life by how we love. On another note, last last week as we were talking about all this and going through things, I I got to see something through the eyes of a young girl. And and as her father was telling me um, things. And so sometimes, sometimes there are people who are far from God. They're not connected on top to God. But they're connected to us. Through family, through relationships, through association. But but because of our connection on top, they're connected to God through us. Can Can you get the picture with me for a moment? Because some people are not connected to God, but because they're connected to us, they're connected to God through us. This is not some some wacky theology. I'm not preaching some twisted theology. Let me make it clear. We cannot get anyone access to the gym membership of heaven with our card. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. We can't get anyone forgiven because we got forgiveness. That's not what I'm saying. If your wife or your father or your husband is connected to God, you can't rest on that. So let me pull that away. That's not what I'm saying. However, 
Our connection to God should be a constant connection through which others see God and experience God and are drawn to God and are known by God. We're the connectors. We're the connecting pieces of the kingdom. This should, I, you have to understand, I just gave you a ministry. Everybody's just been ordained into the ministry right now. We're the connectors. We're the con- and I think it's a beautiful illustration of the scripture that we've been talking about in 2 Corinthians. Christ reconciled us. He connected us to himself and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he made us connectors. Verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of connection. The message of reconciliation. Let's, let's be real about it right now. There are only two type of people in here today. There are connectors and the connected. If you can't say amen, say ouch. That's what other preachers say. There's two types of people in here. Either you're a connector or you're connected. You're here because you're connected to somebody. And that's a beautiful thing. I'm not judging you. I'm not coming against you. I'm saying that's a beautiful thing. Thank God. Thank God for connectors. But God has called us to be. God has reconciled us to himself so that we can be ministers of reconciliation. Amen? The connectors are connected on top to God, and they've been reconciled to God. They've been made new in Christ. They may not have it all together, and God, we know. Amen? Amen? We don't have it all together. We don't walk perfectly. Sometimes we, we, we stub the little toe and something might come out of us that shouldn't come out of us. It's okay, amen? Sometimes some of us got some things that we, from years and years, and we still got habits that we're trying to work out, amen? We're not, um, nobody's preaching hypocrisy up in here. Nobody's saying, oh, the connector's got it all connected. You're just lucky. You're... No, man, we're all working this thing out, and God is working in us, amen? That's, and, that, and that's a beautiful thing. But the verse says, once we have faith in him, in verse 21, it says, in him we become the righteousness of God. So it's no longer, are we righteous enough to be in God? No, it's how are we going to let our righteousness be shown in our life? The word considers our relationship more important than our accomplishment. God will get his work done. He doesn't demand that we accomplish great things. He demands that we strive for excellence in our relationships. I want those that are serving communion, I want you to come. I want the worship team to come. I want you to, 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 to get this picture as we close. Acts chapter 2. When those that believed received the Spirit of God, the church went from being a building to being in a people. That's where we are right now. We're a people who meet in a warehouse. Acts 2, moving on in 44, it says, And all those who believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all as anyone might have a need. Day by day, they were counting with one mind in the temple, continuing with one mind in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. They were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. 
It said in those times when, the, when they believed and the Spirit of God fell upon them and they were filled with the Spirit of God, they continued listening to the apostles' teaching and, and the serving and the coming together and the fellowship. Fellowship is listed in those religious activities that we label. Fellowship is one of them. Our relationship is what matters. Amen? So I'm going to ask you what now? And I want to offer an invitation to evaluation that leads to transformation. We're going to go ahead. Yeah, we're we're passing those things out. Let me say something about communion. Communion is the, the, the ultimate connection. Amen? Some places, I don't know if whatever background you've had, you say, well, if you're not a member, you can't take communion. That's not... That's not what the word says. Jesus said, do this in memory of me. Amen? Some churches will tell you, if you don't tithe, you can't can't get communion. I don't know how they deal with God on that. but Communion is the ultimate connection. So when you come to communion, I want you to understand that you're more than connected. You become a connector. To take communion, the word says we should evaluate ourselves. Don't, as you, as you have it, just kind of hold on to it. <clears throat> and I want you to think on kind of where you stand today. And the word says that we should, um, I'm going to set this right here. The word says that we should evaluate ourselves, that we should examine ourselves and see where we stand. And, and, and listen, if you're, if, here's, here's how I want this to end and here's the picture that I want you to get. If you decide today to partake, if you decide to say, God, I, I want to be connected to you. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be connected through other people. I, want, I need to be connected to you. I want, the word says when I believe that I'm filled with the spirit of God, you, my, my body becomes a dwelling place for your spirit. And then it doesn't make me perfect, but it means that you're going to lead me. You're going to guide me. You're going to help me deal with things. You're going to help me work things out. It means that everywhere I am, you're with me. It means that everywhere I go, you go with me. It means that you are the wonderful counselor, mighty God living inside of me. That you're my advocate, that you're my my lawyer, that you're my defender, that you're my guide, you're my comforter. I want you to think about that and think where you stand today. And if you decide as we as we start to worship and we go into just a little time of worship before we leave, I want you, if you decide to partake, if you decide to take of, of the, the bread and the wine, which or the juice, you know, relax. And um don't get excited and grab extra. If you if you decide to partake of the bread and the juice, which symbolize the body and the blood, the body that was broken for us, the blood that was shed for your forgiveness, then I want you to just make your peace with God. Just pray. Just pray. You know, I don't know how to pray. Well, yeah, you do. You just, you know, you can't. No Christian, you know, nobody can pray wrong. You just say, God, I, I need you. And, and, and. Like Lego, make it simple. Like Lego, I want to be connected to you. I want to be connected on top. I want to have a connection with you. And that's such a simple, honest prayer that you can pray today. If you decide to do that, I want you to go ahead and partake as you pray, as we worship. 
And then if you've done that, what I want you to do is to take that Lego piece that you got earlier and I want you to come connect it. Just come bring your piece and just connect that thing and let's just make a wall. We'll we'll eventually find a way to, to make it an art piece. We'll mount it. We'll put it on the wall as a reminder that we're connected here, that you're connected to somebody, that you're in the middle. I love that it's all different shapes and sizes and colors. Let's connect. Thank you. And if that's not you today, I want you to take that piece home and let it be a reminder. One day you're going to come across something and on the nightstand you're going to see this dumb little Lego piece sitting there. And God's going to interrupt you. And he's going to give you the invitation for evaluation that can lead to transformation. And I want you to come bring that peace whenever it is. Even if there's a different pastor here. Even if there's a different time. I want you to bring that peace and say, listen, I want to be connected here. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, please have found the hope, your things 
just sing. Oh, how we love you. Come on, just stand to your feet. You are the Jesus, we 
So, hey, what you doing in church today? Jesus. Well, I played Lego with 400 people. Yes. <laughs> and we built something together in our living room. You are the one, the one, the one. Look at that. You know, many of you can't see what we could see here on stage. But what a beautiful picture of the church. Amen, amen. Different people, pieces fitting together. And when certain pieces don't fit, other people helping to make sure that that piece fits in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All different colors, all different shapes. It's taking a form of its own. And when it got a little too unruly, pastor comes in to just say, well, let's try it this way and let's try it that way. And and just the patience of the body of Christ waiting to be connected. Sometimes we have to wait on God. Amen. And I just want to thank you because I I, I want you to see what I see here. And it's just so beautiful to be a part of this morning. Yes. I want to close in prayer. You see everybody nervous over here. If you knock it down, be the one that try to bring down the church. (laughs) Be careful. All right, Father God, I just thank you for this time, Lord God. I thank you in this symbolism of of connecting with you, Lord God, and connecting with each other, Lord God. It's not just a Lego piece, but it's something you're doing in us and through us, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray, Lord God, that those who are afraid to connect, Lord God, that we reach out, Lord God, that we will have our arms open to them, Lord God, to show them the way to you, Jesus, to lead them to your goodness and your love, Lord God, your provision and what you have in store for them, Lord God. So, Father God, as we connect to one another, Lord God, and connect to you, Lord Jesus, the, the possibilities are endless, Lord, what you can do to us as your body, Lord. In this community, Lord, in our own lives, in our jobs, in our families, Father Jesus. So, Father, I just pray you give us traveling mercies as we leave this place, Lord God, that this Lego will be in our mind, Lord God, knowing that we are connected by you, Lord God, and to you, Lord, and you are connected to us, Lord God. So, Father, I just pray you'll have your way with us this week, Lord God, that we can trust you and rely on you, Lord God, that our steps are ordered by you, Lord God, and what awaits us this week and the days to come are wonderful, Lord Jesus. So, Father, keep us safe, keep us blessed, Lord God, and keep us in in your fullness of love, Lord God, always remembering, Lord, what you have done for us and what you are doing for us in the name of Jesus. Amen.